Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I welcome Tolia to the show where we're going to be talking about self-confidence, self-love, really working through some of these challenges that some of us face uh, about feeling enough and really, really a lot of the mindset around that today. So very excited about this conversation. So I'll just give a quick introduction to my wonderful guest today, and then we can dive into the conversation. So Toya is the confidence and assertiveness specialist, is a LMFT. She is the winner of Newport Beach Best Psychotherapist Award for 2022. Awesome. Congratulations. In addition to her clinical and mental roles, Tolia is an adjunct professor of psychology and a free-time podcast host. She hosts Heal Through Humour and is the co-host of the Couples Guide podcast as well as Between Two Clinicians. So, Tolia, tell us a little bit about actually what got you into this area. Be really interested to hear a little bit about your background. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what got me interested in therapy was my own experience many, many years ago when I started therapy around 12 or 13. And I don't think that I would be here without my therapist. She gave me at least an hour or two a week at that point that felt like life was worth living and helped me to feel like I had an escape from a lot of what I was going through, which was bullying at the time and some self-identity concerns. So the whole confidence and assertiveness and self-esteem journey is something I've been on myself in childhood. I had a lot of it. And I think that's uh, that may have been what I've worked on in therapy. That may have been what was threatening, which is why the bullying happened. Because it was almost like, well, if I can't have it, then neither can you was the experience. And so having it and then getting it taken away and having to get it back again, now I feel very passionate. And that's why I've dedicated my life and my specialty to helping other people have confidence and assertiveness and feel at their core, like it is okay to have that and they won't be seen as rude or overbearing and they don't need to engage in those people-pleasing tendencies once they realize they truly are enough and that their inherent worth and value is how they can live their life. So my mission and passion started from my own personal experience and I went to many years of school and a lot of training to get licensed and then it fell into my lap the specialization, uh, probably midway through grad school, I was like, well, of course, like that's exactly the type of population I'd want to work with because I'd be working with clients and I'd hear them be so negative about themselves. And I'm like, but why are you thinking that about yourself? That's not a very kind thought. Well, my parents told me this or my teacher told me this growing up. Well, do you think we could replace that thought? Do you think we could have different beliefs about you? Can we can we work together to help you think more kindly about yourself? And then I'd see these rapid transformations. They would switch jobs, get raises, meet partners, have kids. Their whole life would transform once they changed the way they viewed themselves. So I could go on and on, but I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's really useful to kind of know your background. I'm always intrigued, you know, what got us into like the, this yeah. journey, you know, it was, it was sort of similar path. I know we've got like sort of different... Uh, we're doing different, slightly different things, but no, nah, it's really, really interesting. And yeah, do you, I mean, obviously, so it sounds like yours was a bigger, one of the big challenges was bullying, right? Like, 
yeah that, that kind of caused it and yeah. maybe some other things as well yeah I would say everything most anything that happened after the bullying my adolescent time was very mm-hmm. rough um I had a really rare disease shortly thereafter like I was bullied for a couple years then had a really rare disease and I was in the ICU and I had a very uh, low prognosis of actually surviving I thankfully did and then after that was a lot of PTSD and trauma responses I had drug use, alcohol problems, identity concerns, like all the way through until I got like sobered up and put my life back on like the right track or a healthy track. And then it was like this pendulum swing to the other direction. And then I tapped into like overachieving and anxiety and identity through how much I could produce and self-worth. And so I've like, I've explored all areas of the human psyche when it comes to like the high highs and the low lows. So I have a lot of empathy and resonance with my clients where they're like well you wouldn't get it and I'm like buckle up like yes I would you'd be surprised even though I look put together like I'm sitting here now it wasn't an easy journey to get here so mm. Mm. No, that's interesting like with um yeah all, all the things you've been through um that, that got you to that experience ultimately and I, I guess what what I'm always intrigued to know is like um you probably would have like a complete range of people right and yeah, and kind of one of the, the sometimes I I think or when I I certainly really lack confidence and struggled uh, in like the worst workplace. I'm like I don't want to say my name. I don't want to say anything. I'm so nervous. That kind of thing. Was mm-hmm. I I see all these people. I'd be like, ah, oh, they're just like a confident person naturally. All these like high flyers at the top of the chain. Uh, they've got it all together. But from your experience, if you you know have you worked with people who are perhaps at that high level but they've got some of this these challenges still going on oh yes and actually the research shows the more successful and the more prestigious that your role is whether it's in a company a family system uh, if you're an heir of something the more likely that you are to have imposter syndrome because if somebody found you out the stakes are so much higher of everything that you'd lose so we have Mm -hmm. a maybe a misbelief that people who are very successful and very confident, never struggle with insecurity or rarely struggle with it. And I would say for a small sample, of course, that would be true. But I I don't think we can never or always experience something. I tend to shy away from the absolutes. It, as we learn more skills, becomes less obvious and our insecurities become quieter. But it's not that they'll never be there because the more you amass and the more success you achieve, then it's like, okay, well, what if somebody finds out? And I'm like, finds out what? That you drank underage in high school? You're 50. I think we're good. Like, I think we can put that to <laughs> bed. That. It's gonna be, if it's not going to be your undoing. So I try to help them put their insecurities in perspective. Similar with the people who are, like you said earlier, we'd classify maybe more as like shy or a bit more introverted. Those are two separate traits. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they don't like me? Okay, let's run. Th- I'll, I'll play ball. What if they don't like you? What is what impact is that going to have on you long term? Do you ever have to see these people again? Do you like yourself? That's a very important question to have a yes answer to. And then, yes, you could consider how other people feel about you or what they think about you. But it's really none of our business what other people think about us. I think the rare exceptions are if they're a significant other and a family and they're caring and they're loving in a healthy way, then we can, again, consider it. But it doesn't mean we need to live by those decisions of other people's view of us. Well, you're this and you're that. We get told what we are our whole life. And then we spend probably 25 years old and beyond defining who we are and redefining what other people may have labeled us as and either keeping it or kind of doing the Marie Kondo of like, this does not bring me joy anymore. So I'm going to throw it away or donate it. 
Mm. Yeah, I like I like what you touched on there with the more you've got more stakes, the more you've done, and that imposter syndrome can can come up at all these different levels. I'm always like keen to discuss this because sometimes mm-hmm. I have these misconceptions or someone might be in their head and you know thinking they're the only one experiencing it. Uh so yeah, that's that's really useful from your sort of like insights from all these people you've worked with and with the like from your your own experience, and it might be obviously there's several things probably you know you could suggest, but working on that relationship with ourselves, which you know we were touching on just that, or you were touching on just then about making sure do you like yourself? Yeah. If someone's really got that negative relationship with themselves, is there anything just to start with that they can do to start building that relationship? Yeah, what my first let's say that somebody like they're not in therapy or they're just starting out, they're listening to these podcasts. It often starts with self-help podcasts and books Mm -hmm. uh, or some video that somebody sees and they get get their interest peaked and they're like, wait a second, that sounds like what I struggle with. Or I didn't, the way other, like you said, other people think this way, like this is not only my brain that's doing this, being able to uh, safely and lovingly go inward and ask if a negative thought comes up or if a negative opinion about ourself comes from our own brain, not every thought is true, questioning, where did I learn this from? I'm so stupid. I'm so lazy. I'm so incompetent. I'm no one's going to love me. I'm never enough. Any of those negative views of self, negative views of the world or negative views of others. So that's how we kind of characterize the core schemas. Uh, It's one type of therapy is schema therapy, depending on what the negative view is about or who it's about, challenging it and trying to be curious like a detective. Where did this come from? Where do I believe? Where do I think it came from? So you're still using the mind, but you're redirecting it. So it's not rehearsing the negative emotion or negative thought without being analyzed. I'm so lazy, according to who? Or I should. Who told you that? Well, my, oh, I guess, I guess no one. I just thought of that along the way and then I never stopped thinking it. So you can work to interrupt those patterns by being curious and putting on more of the analytical side of your brain, not overly analytical, but again, that detective of like, I gotta get to the bottom of this. Why are these thoughts in my mind? And sometimes there isn't a why. There's mostly noticing that it's happening and still that interruption and that pattern can help them to calm down and labeling them. No, that's a negative thought. That's not going to help me with my values and my health and long-term goals. We're we're not going to think that anymore. And doing some sort of out loud or internal mechanism of like a trash compactor or like pulling it out of your brain and like throwing it in a metaphorical garbage bin, that can help as well because then you're giving yourself distance from whatever the negativity might be. Mm. So getting almost a sort of like a curiosity of like, is that, would that be accurate to say or for misinterpreted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, getting curious and also be verifying it. Could, mm-hmm. is this even true? No, mm. I don't have proof of this. I've only ever told myself this, or I've only ever been afraid that somebody would ever say this about me. And once you own, like my big thing that I teach is what you own about yourself, another person can't use against you. Because if they were to bring it up to you, let's say somebody brought up your deepest self-judgments and you answered it with, yeah, and what about it? The other person would have the wind out of their sails and they're like, oh, shoot, they already know that about themselves. So I guess I will have to try a different tact. 
So if you already go in and do the work and you meet all of your shadow parts and you're not ashamed of any parts of yourself and you bring them all into the light, the likelihood that you'll be afraid if anybody else ever brought them up or spoke about them goes way down. So you can, any one person can benefit from going inward where they're scared to go. That's why therapy can be helpful. We'll be like mm. your guide or your, um, your guru, whatever you want to call it next to you on the path. And we work to uncover what is uh, making you afraid or making you ashamed and give the curiosity like you were mentioning instead of just the shame. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah, I'm, I'm just like interested. I'm, I'm kind of like thinking, kind of just mm -hmm. like have thoughts sometimes. I guess, well, we all have thoughts, obviously. But like, <laughs> as we're that, in, what we're talking about a, a bit earlier, connecting it back to that, um, with maybe some of those people who are doing really, really well and building their success, going up the ladder, uh, and it looks great on the outside, but perhaps the imposter syndrome is getting mm -hmm. a bit, is increasing, increasing, increasing. Mm -hmm. Do you see, um, often like an increased need for this kind of emotional work on people, the more they go up or is it? Uh, this would largely depend on what their personality traits and personality mm -hmm. type. And there's multiple different assessments to take for the um, types, but the certain traits that we often look for, the number one trait that I'm curious, well, two traits would be conscientiousness. So how likely and able and driven is somebody towards extremely like external motivation, goal-driven behavior? Can they hold themselves accountable? Do they see the big picture? Are they able to work long-term towards something? So we see this with people who uh, create big companies. They're able to really stick to their goals and create goals after they've accomplished goals. They continue that motivation. And then the other trait would be neuroticism. So the susceptibility or the likelihood that you'll experience negative emotions, anxiety, stress, anything that would create some of these negative thoughts, every person differs on, every, well, there's three other traits on the um, big five personality scale, but those two traits are what I'm most curious in when I work with my clients who are the successful ones, because they're usually highly conscientious and they're pretty low in neuroticism. And as we work together, even if they are higher in neuroticism, I see that score start moving down because they're facing these fears. I don't need to be anxious. I don't need to be stressed. I can also make lifestyle choices and changes that can help me to be less stressed. Maybe they're not sleeping because they're working so hard. Obviously, you're, I'm not my best self when I don't sleep. I don't know about you. <laughs> I, yeah. I can think pretty negative things. So let's look at the holistic approach. It's not only the thoughts, where are they coming from? Oh, I had 400 milligrams of caffeine. So ah. I'm not a scientist, but I'm <laughs> pretty bad. sure. Yeah. So it's like, we have to look holistically. What else are you doing to cause your own stuff? Like, are you amplifying it unnecessarily? I'm very big on tough love and I will hold you accountable because I've had clients like that. Well, I have like three venti Starbucks. I'm like, that's like 900. Like, how are you not having a heart attack right now? Maybe we dial that back and then they'll come in weeks later. They're like, I'm actually not that anxious. I think you were onto something about the caffeine. <laughs> Starbucks is huge as well. Yeah. Large I mean, it's a drug dealer on every corner. It makes sense because people get cravings. They need it. I need it to function. It's a social thing. Like, I really encourage clients or people who are feeling negative and anxious, look at your whole life. Are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? Are you getting vitamin D and sunshine? Are you having social interactions with other people? Are you taking care of your internal and external health? And that can put people on the right track. You don't have to have 
most of the time, whatever you're suffering with or, or struggling with is not going to be a permanent problem. And even if it's like a lifelong chronic disease, there are still treatments and ways to manage it. So it isn't all encompassing. And I think that's can be helpful to hear that it doesn't have to be like this forever. Hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot what you said about the holistic, the whole picture, looking at everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can certainly relate quite a lot of my my 20s. It's like, I'm really down. I was really anxious. And actually, you know, I was partying quite heavily at the weekend and drinking an awful lot, uh, especially yeah. my early mid-20s. And it's, I'm 32 yeah. now, but it was like, yeah, it, there was a link, you know. So it's yeah. just like looking, looking, yeah. that, looking at that whole picture. So I'm really glad you brought that up um, in mm-hmm. terms of that. Um, obviously, just... Just before we sort of round off, one thing I really wanted to touch on was uh, like the the environment someone's in and how mm. that can impact on how they're feeling. Do you sometimes find that people are like maybe lacking confidence, that that enoughness, but actually maybe they're not around the the support group that helped them with that necessarily? Yes, you said it very well. I often see that when, and it's the people that you wouldn't think would struggle with not feeling like enough. Maybe they are overachievers as a way to overcompensate for their feeling of not enoughness. They're very involved in other people's lives, which can be healthy to a degree, but then it can scale into like people pleasing and fully codependent behaviors. When we don't have a strong foundation, so like our psyche being our foundation, let's say we had attachment wounds, we had traumas that weren't tended to in childhood. It's like having a cup with holes in it. So it doesn't really matter how much people are pouring into you or how much you're pouring into yourself, your foundation is leaky. And so doing self-help, doing therapy, getting out of environments that are perpetuating these negative narratives or other people benefit off of you feeling like you're not enough. So they continue enabling it, whether consciously or subconsciously, getting out of all of that starts bolstering and repairing that foundation, even when the repair is going back in a wound that might be have been for quite some time it could be from childhood or uh, even infancy that's what i've seen in therapy too then you start looking at situations where it's like why am i around people who make me feel so badly about myself who talk negatively to me and that can sometimes include your own family this is the tough part if you have to be in an environment for a certain amount of time and a lot of the teens i work with it's survival they can't go on their own because it's against the law and they're not prepared for it How can I help them to feel safe? What other resources can we identify that are outside of the home? What is going well? Let's focus on the positives. And then when the negatives get to be a lot, let's process in session. Let's go for a walk. Let's do something that gets you out of that environment. So as as whoever is listening to this, as much control or agency as you have in your freedom, this could be boss and work culture too. If you're in a negative workspace, many of my clients were there magically their depression was gone, their anxiety was gone, their substance use lightened because they were trying to cope with being in a negative, toxic environment. If you can remove yourself, which is easier said than done sometimes from it, you'll be amazed how much growth you'll have. So take the risk, take the risk on you and guaranteed if you start healing and put yourself in a healthy environment, you will start to notice shifts and changes in the way you view yourself. You'll start to feel like you're enough. Mm. Mm. Now you could argue, I guess it's it's a risk to stay in the environment as well. You know, it's it is. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the fear of leaving and going to the unknown that is could be healthier is has to outweigh 
that ha you have to overcome that enough to choose that rather than staying in whatever you're familiar with. Just because you're familiar with something doesn't mean it's safe, healthy, or comfortable. Your body chooses homeostasis ideally. And if your homeostasis is a loud, chaotic, abusive environment, it's going to feel weird to get healthy. You're like, there's no drama. There's no fighting. I like myself. They're nice to me. They text me back. What is this? That takes a while to get used to if you're life is a roller coaster and then you're now smooth sailing, it's going to feel different. It's worth the risk. Stick with it. And eventually that feels more exciting than the chaos that you left. Wow, man. Well, thank you so much for everything you shared. We could go on for a lot longer, but I know we've got to wrap up. Um, yeah. Really appreciate everything you've shared with us today. Um, so where can, the, where can the listener find out more from you or, or get some more of your content? Uh, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Both of those are at my first and last name. So at Talia Bombola. And then my therapy website, if people are interested in therapy and they're a resident of California, is therapywithtalia.com. And then if anybody's interested in coaching or mentorship, that is uh, my first and last name. So taliabombola.com. So I have two different websites. And then if people want to learn more in a capacity that's not therapy or coaching but they're just curious and they've watched videos or podcasts like I want to learn more I have a class it's called the class <laughs> very aptly named but I have a 12-week program that consolidates everything I've learned as a therapist a professor a coach all my training into a digestible format with actual assessments and results that you'll get and I do weekly office hours and a weekly lesson so it's almost like taking yourself to school for everything that you were never taught growing up that you wish mm. you had learned that it's not too late to learn because our brains and minds can change so that is available also um, you can send me a dm on instagram and it's also all over my websites too awesome plenty of resources and yes. uh, i know there's going to be a lot of value in that so we'll be sure to link those up in the show notes. so a massive thank you for coming on once again today thank you so much for having me so that concludes our episode for today and remember you are in control of your own self-esteem and confidence <laughs>